It's 9 a.m. The signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have one of my really good friends, Dr. John Daniel Rudd. Is that how you pronounce R-U-D-D? That's how I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we could sit here and laugh and have fun and enjoy the day, and most people wouldn't even understand what in the heck we're saying. Isn't that special? It is nice. Yeah, it is. Good morning. It's good to be here, though. Yeah. I, I've known you for many, many years. And, yes. And, and it's just like one generation passes on to another. Uh, Dr. Murphy had, uh, really had some good relationships with him and, and conversations, and he passed you on to me. Right. Now, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, it's a way it's... It's past me doing anything about it now, isn't it? Yeah, we were sitting here talking about some really serious things about where would we go if we didn't live in the United States and we wanted to pick a place that was fun, entertaining, and uh, a place that we could enjoy. And you selected New Zealand and Australia. And, of course, I I select Tahiti. (laughs) Yeah, you like the grass skirts. Uh, well, yes. I mean, that that yeah. would be nice. <laughs> Some of the most beautiful ladies in the world live there in Tahiti. There, that's right. But you selected a place where you could go, have the freedom to do anything that you wanted to do. Have which, space. Yes, space. And that's we all need space. And sometimes we, I think we're getting crowded here in this country, and we need to just push away a little bit. Um now, Australia is a place also that I would like to go because you get away from everything. And you can go out into the backlands, like I, I used to call it the badlands, where you can just, you can be yourself and do anything you want to do. And it's, it's, it's we're, we're just too, um, uh, I don't know, everybody's worrying about space and things like that. Uh, and you, it just doesn't sit well with me. You mean like space between people, not like outer space? Well, no, outer space, I believe, wouldn't <laughs> be too bad right now, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, you never seem to get upset. You, you seem to always be within yourself. And, and I, I think that's a, a rare quality, other than being extremely bright, as we all know. I would put you in the uh, medical genius category. Well, I, I, I'm—I don't think anybody rates that. Thank goodness, but I'm—I appreciate that. Well, when you and I have conversations about serious things, um, I thoroughly, 100%, believe you. I always have, and and I listen to some of the other stuff that goes on, and I say, no, wait a minute, that's not the same. 
John Daniel Rudd is telling me, but I go back to what you say, and I have I uh, talk to people at the coffee table, and I'll tell them some of the things, a medical part that you and I will discuss, and uh, they say that's not what I hear. I said my physician, who is also a good friend, when he says something, it's true. What was the old uh, uh, saying on radio in Nashville? If you don't know your dealer, know your whatever it is. And, and I'm not sure. Yeah, you do. You're old enough to remember this. Don't be trying to do this to me. If you don't know your dealer, you mean like uh, a car dealer? Uh, no, it's... Um, was it um, a jewelry dealer? Oh, if, okay. Like a um, Bell Jewelers. Yeah, yeah, like Bells and some, some of those type things. What are we going to talk about today? Because I just, I don't want to talk about anything serious, but I guess you have to, right? Well, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to anything. You know, we, right now, the what's on the front page is COVID. What is and, that? Uh, it's it's that pesky virus that's floating around. And, oh yeah. And what's happening with it, and it seems like that's all we talk about now. Because mm. one of the things that's happening in uh, in that subject area is that as we learn more about it, the information changes a little. Mm-hmm. Because there's these pest, pesky little facts that that get discovered. And as we look at how this un- evolves and unwinds, uh, we find that we learn new things simply by studying it. Well, let's go back to what we, what you're talking about to start with. All this information has just been blasted across the country 24 hours a day. And now they're finding out a lot of that stuff is not exactly accurate. Right. So we put people in a in a thought process and does it kind of it, it, it gives me a, a little bit of um, um, problem as far as the things I believe and the things I don't believe and that's why I stay with you and I think a lot of times if people will, will stay with their own position they that it, it's caused a lot of fear and I think that's the worst thing that's come out of it it, it has and you know, fear is is not really helpful. Yeah. But it's something that, you know, whenever we worry about either our health and our life or those that we love, mm-hmm. and we worry that something's going to happen to them that could be prevented, it causes fear. Yeah. And you know, and we want to do all we can to protect ourselves and people we love, and even people we don't know. We what do you think the them. medical society or or the physicians, the medical people, do you think that it was right to and work? Uh, the information that they were getting was so limited as to what they were passing on to other people, and it was so new. Was that the proper way to deal with this particular disease? I think it started out where there was a group of people that were um, playing it down. There, yeah. it, though it was, it was really not any big deal, mm-hmm. and and in reality we didn't know, and 
I remember last year when we this started in January when I first heard about it, and then February. What's happened is the amount of research and study that that has gone on with um, SARS-CoV-2, the virus, and COVID-19, the disease, mm -hmm. has really escalated our knowledge. And some of the things we thought were true, and some that we thought turned out not to be true. Yeah. And that's that's something that I'm I'm very open-minded when it comes to that because you I are. think that we have to look at the evidence, and if we find evidence that supports a certain fact, it's it, it's really not dealing with reality to not accept it, but realizing that we're going to learn more as we go. And the thing is, is that fear is, is not particularly helpful, but at the same time, not being reckless, not going against something just because we don't want to. But it and controls your life. Fear does. No, absolutely. But you can be in a better position to not be afraid if you fall into certain categories. If you're young, if you've had the virus already and recovered from it, you know, you don't have to worry about it so much. You know, it's not really going to be about you anymore. It's going to be about the people around you. And we know... But you're not likely to give someone else the disease if you've had it already. That's correct. You're not going to. Yeah. You know, but we know that now every eight years of life, every eight years of age you are doubles the risk that comes with the virus. So basically, you don't get into the real high-risk groups mm -hmm. until you get into the 60s, low 70s, and then again there's a big jump above 85. And so those are the, the groups of people that, that really are at higher risk. And trying to do what we can to protect them is is really important. I think the other thing is there's been a real effort to develop an effective vaccine. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's a group of people that are very suspicious of the vaccine. Yeah, I've heard a lot of and, them. You know, and, it, and it's like I hear all kinds of things. People ask me, well, you know, is it going to get incorporated in our own DNA and and control us? Is it uh, some kind of implant that is going to do something terrible to us in the long run? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to realize that the vaccine is safe. I've taken it. and You had the first shot, I right? I had the first shot. I have the second shot next week. Yeah. And, you know, in spite of taking care of a lot of patients with the virus, you know, I've been careful and I haven't actually caught it. That's amazing. And so, you know, because I've, I've tested myself pretty much every week, every mm -hmm. other week, uh, since the, we've had the tests available. And I have not become positive. So I was anxious when the vaccine came out and became available for me to get to get that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's an important thing. I don't. You don't even work out or anything, do you? I know you walk. Yeah, I walk. Yeah, but I always find that as long as I keep myself healthy, 
I can usually get through almost anything, and, and uh, no matter what age I am. Well, I mean, and that's true to true to a point. Yeah. You know, but it's it's like everything. You you know, you can't walk your way out of being human. You can't. I know it's sad. I've tried my best. I, I, <laughs> well, you've had people accuse you of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of what? Being yeah. inhuman. <laughs> Oh, you just threw me a curve, didn't you, big boy? <laughs> it's almost like I'm sitting in your office over there. You checking uh, every, everything about me, and and you just say, "Well, you're getting old, big boy. You just you just won't you just go home, lay down, Cover and just let the and let the world go by." No, that's something you've never done. You always get up and push, and you you work to be healthier, and that's a great thing. Yeah, uh, you know, but it's it's something that, unfortunately, there are healthy people that are young people that get this disease, and have serious problems with it. We don't know why. I mean, we do know that there are a lot of uh, things like ethnicity and yeah. there's genetics that are uh, predisposing to a more severe case. So we we know that happens. Uh, well, well, I wonder why ethnicity, it's hard for me to say, why does that come into play? Because we think of everybody being pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, I think that we have to realize that, uh, you know, when we talk about being the same, it it's like a lot of things that, that we've dealt with. Mm -hmm. We know that certain traits are higher in certain uh, ethnic groups, mm -hmm. for instance, addiction is higher in Native American people. Yeah, we we know that. Yeah, alcohol especially. Yeah. and and so it's and we we realize that that there are things that happen that we can't explain any other way than genetics. We know that when we look at people who are have what's called metabolic syndrome, mm -hmm. where you have um, basically a waist over 40 inches, you have high, high blood pressure, you have uh, increased lipids, uh, and you have glucose intolerance, mm -hmm. where it's like diabetes or pre-diabetes. We know that in Hispanic women over 50, 50% 50 of them have metabolic syndrome. Wow. 50% 50, 50 of the Hispanic women out there. And so we know that certain genetic... Uh, makeups predisposed to certain problems and it's hard to say why that is it may be that the common thread is something um, such as metabolic syndrome which is an inflammatory state in mm -hmm. the body and people who have active ongoing inflammatory conditions are at higher risk for COVID-19 uh, complications so that wouldn't have anything to do with your diet at all. Well, it probably does. Just like being heavier has yeah. a lot to do with your diet. Yeah. You know, uh, if you overeat and you, you know, and you become obese, uh, you're you're in a higher state of inflammation, and that increases your risk. Now, w w when you're looking at uh, just like what we're discussing right now, if you're looking for people who need to be the, on the higher priority list to get the shots, 
is all of this taken in to uh, account as far as right now it's it's uh, of course should be uh, the medical people and, and the people that we have to have to be able to um, get past this pandemic that that we're having right now but but the people who come from different ethnic backgrounds and all of those None of that's taken into account, is it? It's just basically... Not directly. Yeah. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think that, that we're going to be able to look back on the whole vaccination program and and pick it apart mm -hmm. because we can always... It's like being a Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. You know, you can always look back on yesterday's game and say... And well, Alabama yeah, beat Ohio State last there you night go. for those who didn't know. listen. I know, and, yep. uh, you know, and so when you look back on that, you can analyze what you think should have been done by Ohio State in order to win. Mm -hmm. It's easy to do the next day. So are, are 10 years from now, are we going to look back on this and how, how will the medical profession be judged? by all the things that went on. I mean, it, it, it's not just medicine, it's, it's politics, it's everything else is included right. in this. I don't think it's going to take 10 years. I think it's going to start in three months that we're going to be judged by it because yeah. it, it's so easy to do when you look backwards. And, you know, one of the things that I think we're, we're realizing now is uh, that um, our distribution of the vaccine has got some flaws mm -hmm. because we have a lot more vaccine available than we're given and identifying people who want it and getting it in their arm is is not moving as fast as it should and i think even the way the vaccine is is bottled mm -hmm. putting unit dose in as far instead of multi-dose you know instead of having a vial with 20 doses or 30 doses in it is a lot easier to to hand out and to transport than single dose vials. Wow! And you know, and it, because even making the bottles is harder. It's just there are ways that could be uh, could expedite this that will be analyzed. I don't think anybody's doing it for any any bad or any nefarious reasons. It's just when people decide something there's always the human element and that human element has naturally got flaws and when you go back and look at it somebody else can find a way to make it better when you're looking back at it and I think we're going to see that with this too um, we're going to learn a lot about you know the the technology and the ways to uh, identify viruses earlier that uh, could cause a pandemic yeah and that's an important thing. We're learning a lot about our immune system. And, and you know, this new uh, mRNA virus, our mRNA vaccine, yeah. is, a, is a big change in the way we vaccinate. And so, you know, we may do a lot more vaccines that are mRNA vaccines once we figure it out. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, because... There's a learning curve on everything. Yeah. And the more you do, the better you get at it. 
And right now, I think, you know, realizing that, you know, we've got to, um, we've got to accept that there are going to be things that would be done differently. And, of course, now in the world we live in, everything comes back to politics. Yeah. And so everybody gets hammered because of politics and power. And I think that that's something that, you know, is never going to change. I don't think that's ever going to change. Uh, it's, it just seems to be getting more more hostile. Yeah, and, and that's the sad thing. I, I think that is actually more dangerous than what's going on with the virus itself right now because we're, we're seeing so many um, feelings of hate coming out toward different groups or, or whatever. And it, we're, it, just like when this virus first started, we were getting a lot of misinformation. Well, when it comes to the political part and people getting together and being able to, uh, um, you know, take care and love each other, it has been almost impossible because of the hate that we have seen and the misinformation by the media. It is, I think that's more dangerous than anything that we're seeing right now. Well, one thing we've definitely learned uh, through President Trump's four years is mm -hmm. the prevalence of fake news. Yeah. Fake news is rampant. And it's it's just whether you are a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. But the fake news level that exists now is so large that you really can't believe anything you hear. Yeah. And I know naturally people, because of that, are very suspicious of everything they hear medically because they you know if, if you can't believe anything you hear that includes medicine yeah and so how do you get people to trust what you're talking about when all they're seeing is fake news and I get it I understand that it's tough but I think that things boil down to also what's reality mm -hmm. and and reality is in some places, not everywhere, the hospital beds are full. Yeah. In some places, they can't even refill the oxygen tanks because the 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 companies that do that are are basically so far behind. And one of the first treatments we use in this, one of the, and it's really kind of a drug, if but it has to be viewed differently, is oxygen. Mm -hmm. You know, because as the oxygen level drops, we put people on increased levels of inspired oxygen. Yeah. And if we can't have the oxygen available to do that, how can we treat them? And right now in, in California and in England, um, they have many, many empty oxygen canisters. That's amazing. Because they cannot fill them up fast enough. And, you know, the right now, the, we've, we learn a lot all the time, but one of the things we've learned is that from the date that somebody becomes positive with the virus, mm -hmm. the average day they're hospitalized is day 13 of the illness. Wow. So if you're diagnosed positive today, your average day that you would be admitted if your illness became more severe is up 13 days from today. Hmm. And so we know looking at 
the many, many people who've gotten it that we had this Christmas, New Year's surge that basically we can expect this month as the cases are going to basically shoot up that even though it's a small percent, the number is filling up the hospitals. And so we're, we're having these full hospitals and no ICU beds. And it's going to be a problem. I mean, it's going to pass because yeah. we're going to get through this, but it could very well cost a lot of lives during this time period. And it's not just people who have the virus that it's causing, it's the ones who have other illnesses that are not going to be able to. I, you know James Hamlin, my buddy, uh, that uh, uh, would eat with me every morning. He married right. my first cousin, Pat. And uh, he just went through um, heart surgery and, um, and a valve replacement. And I was worried about him because at some point, you know, oxygen is going to be part of what was going on with right. him. And you worry about that. It, it, uh, is everything going to be available for him? Right. And that's one of the things that is a fact. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can say well, there's a lot of fake news out there. Okay, there is. I agree with that. Yeah. But there, there's basic things that are measurable. Is there a bed available at the local hospital for people who need it? Mm -hmm. And that's a fact thing. I mean, that's not political. It's either there or it's not there. Is there oxygen in the oxygen canisters? Yeah. It's either there or it's not there. And if it's not there, then you can't do the first part of the treatment, which is give them oxygen. And that's something that's being faced in some places. Now, that's not an issue here in, in Middle Tennessee, but yeah. it definitely is in some spots. And I think that, you know, when I, I was looking yesterday at uh, the information regarding hospitalizations in the United Kingdom, mm -hmm. um, and what they're averaging now is about uh, one-tenth to one-twelfth of the people who get the virus end up in the hospital. That's a higher percent than what we see. Mm -hmm. um, but we do know that, you know, we're, we're also learning now about this uh, new uh, United Kingdom mutation that's coming through with the virus. The, vi the virus, uh, all viruses just about, but especially coronaviruses, they, they mutate all the time mm -hmm. in every person. Now, a lot of the mutations are not functionally advantageous for the virus. They're lethal mutations and the virus dies. Uh, now, some of those virus mutations can change characteristics of the virus so that um, it acts differently. And this uh, United Kingdom variant looks like that it's a little more contagious but it doesn't seem to make people sicker. But it spreads easier. Yeah. And so if it spreads easier, then we're going to see more cases. And so if we have more cases, we're going to have more people that end up in the hospital or die. And it's not because the virus it makes people sicker. It's just because there are more people who are infected. 
And that's something that we're having to, we're learning. I mean, you know, because we don't know what mutations will happen. An interesting study came out this week that I was reading that was looking back at, at this exact topic when they, they went back through, they have these repositories of uh, infectious disease related sera that are frozen, mm -hmm. that are taken from people. And they went back into the 80s and, and checked people who had coronavirus infections to see how long they maintained um, neutralizing antibody levels, titers. Mm -hmm. And they found that uh, about every six or seven years, there's a shift in the uh, mutation rate, um, or the mutations of the virus that, that change what antibodies we need to fight it. Mm -hmm. And so we know that over time, that coronavirus will mutate. It, that's the history of it. That's a normal thing. We really hadn't ever looked at that until this situation arose. So we didn't really know, you know the extent of it. But it looks like now, when you get the infection currently, mm -hmm. that you are immune at least eight months to a year. Yeah. When you get the vaccine, you're immune usually eight months to a year. But the thing is, the vaccine is about in the 90s, 90%, uh, 94% uh, effective, which is much better than the flu vaccine. The, the flu vaccine tends to be, it varies from in the 40s to in 70% effective uh, because it, it has a much more rapid uh, change in the antigens on the virus than what the coronavirus does. Um, but we can expect the virus to mutate and, and we're seeing that it, it has, it does. And um, that's not shocking. But it doesn't look like it's going to change the effectiveness of the vaccine in the short course of time. You know, it, it might, if we use the same vaccine we're given now and we gave it to somebody five years from now, mm -hmm. it might not protect them at all. How would the, the herd mentality, how would that, if, if most countries stayed with that particular logic or illogic, however you want to look at it, um, would that have changed a lot of the fatality rates or, or some of the other things that are going on? And would that make an individual more immune once they get the virus and then it's gone and, and uh, it, it, it seems to not really affect their their health that much and I, I, I know that the a lot of people had it and uh, and didn't even know it and, and but we were around people so a lot of us had to go in and, and be checked out and really weren't that sick it was just driving us all crazy having to be quarantined um, what would be the difference in that if they, if they had no uh, uh, vaccines at all during that well, I think the big thing is that what you're looking at is what what is typically called herd immunity. Mm -hmm. I like to think of as community immunity. Right, right. But 
it it's something that a vaccine is a good way to develop herd immunity mm-hmm. you know herd immunity just means that most people in the in the community are immune to the disease yeah and it for coronavirus we think that's going to be in the 70 to 75 percent range to keep it from spreading mm-hmm. uh, we know that coronavirus is not going away with this vaccine there will be people who don't get it mm-hmm. and the virus will exist and whether or not we have to do uh, additional booster shots we don't know uh, that's something that time will tell you know when when we do a vaccination and then we do a, we call it either a primary vaccination or a booster in vaccination it affects different parts of the immune system the primary vaccine when you get it same with the shingles vaccine you know the first shot it 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 calls, causes the stimulation of what are called effector cells. Mm-hmm. These are cells that process the vaccine, which is really an antigen, mm-hmm. and, and start to tell the body, this is something that's new that you need to be watching out for. Yeah. And the booster shots really are, they go more toward the memory cells that help with the long-term immune system memory of the of the virus. And with tetanus, we know you have to do a booster about every 10 years. Yeah. We know with measles, you know, you don't. Um, and we've had to learn that about each disease based on what we see. And if, you know, at the end of the day, uh, this virus doesn't seem to go away, then we might have to do a booster shot again in a year, two years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's something time will tell. And and also what's going to be important in, in this is what percent of the people actually either get the infection or get the vaccine. Because the higher that total is, the quicker we get to the community immunity or the herd immunity. And once we get to this herd immunity level, then it sort of just gets really, the disease numbers go way down. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, they, it can't really jump very far. There's not a susceptible host next door to you. When this started out, it was called a novel virus because it was a new, a new type of uh, uh, antigen in the virus and so there was nobody that was immune to this and so it was open season on spreading it everybody could get it but the higher the uh, community immunity is which basically is two ways to get that either you get the infection or you get the vaccine if you've had the infection and it's documented and it's clear you don't really need the vaccine. If, uh, but if we have 70 to 80% of people who either have had the infection or have the, the vaccine, we're gonna be out of this pandemic. Why are, why are they pushing 
I have heard it from so many people. Their logic is, if you've had it, you still need to get the vaccine. And, and it seems like that is taking space for other people who haven't had it to give them a, a, um, a chance to have the vaccine because I'm not going to get it because um, I have had the virus and a number of others have had the virus. Right. But, and I agree with you. And, and it seems like that's the mo most logical way to deal with it. We're going to uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Rudd. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Leon Daniels, the host of The Truth Will Set You Free on WGNS every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., strongly recommends you contact the inspired men of God concerning the peril times in which we live. Check out the Beyond Today website for biblical understanding of today's events for a better biblical comprehension for today and beyond. We are blessed. One of the presenters lives in our community. Gary Petty, pastor of the local congregation. Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. Pandora at Bell Jewelers is an exciting time. They've just released the Star Wars charms. So if you're a Star Wars fan, we invite you to come in and see all the unique charms. They won't last very long. They're limited number. Visit Bell Jewelers for the Pandora Star Wars collection. So come see us at Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots Restaurant. If only I could spend my whole paycheck on new tires, said no one ever. Which is why Bud's Tire Pros makes buying Michelin tires simpler. Allison Mitchell at Bud's Tire Pros can help you out. For service you can trust without the hassle, visit your local Bud's Tire Pros in town. They offer a straightforward approach to service and they include the nationwide warranty with every purchase. Stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. To find out more, visit BudsTireProsTN.com. She sleeps hot, even when the weather outside is frightful. Jack Frost here likes it cool. Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Now temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together. But will it keep me asleep? Yes. It intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you both effortlessly comfortable. Will I have more energy for holiday shopping? Does Rudolph have a red nose? It's the final days to save up to $700 on new Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing. Ends Thursday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. It's a slick pig barbecue Spicy wings and Brunswick stew Everything made fresh for you At the slick pig barbecue There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too Ribs so tender don't need to chew Well come on folks I'm telling you It's a slick pig barbecue In 1920 East Main You're gonna love the pig The slick pig barbecue A Murfreesboro tradition Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. 
It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We're going to head back to uh, Adam's place now with Truman and Dr. Dan Rudd. But uh, Dr. Rudd just wanted to say thank you because, uh, of course, you know that. I had uh, COVID and all of your information. I listened to podcast and went back and listened to some of the things you've said on Bart Show and here on Truman Show. And all of this information is very helpful. And I think a lot of people um, uh, owe you a lot to uh, continue to come on the radio and talk about this virus and how it does affect some people and others. It's just a very weird thing. But I uh, just wanted to say thanks. Well, you're certainly welcome. I'm I'm glad that you're through it and on the other side there of it and and just want you to stay healthy. Brian's a good boy. He really is. I tell you what, we couldn't make it without him. Yeah. Because uh, tech-wise, there's nobody better. And of course, he does such a great job. I think his number one asset is sports, calling football and basketball. I mean, he really is a well, He's a pro at that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Look, that's quite a, 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 a pat on the back. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough subject because um, there's so many, like we were talking off the radio here just now, mm-hmm. how uh, there's so much fake news, people are naturally suspicious of any news. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there and there's definitely a lot of money involved in this. There's politics involved in it. There's a lot in it that raises our suspicion. But still we get back to where there are medical facts mm-hmm. and having somebody that that understands what's known and is able to communicate that is really important for people but at the same time realizing that the further we go the more we learn and some things that we believe today we may find are not true tomorrow yeah and it doesn't mean that we're flip-flopping it just means that as we learn more in science we change what we plan to do and that's always been that way and one of the one of the really great things about science is that it's based on evidence and the more evidence you get the more you can understand things you know when someone takes a stand and and become real rigid about it and angry which we have seen over the last three or four years it 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 even it raises the suspicion level a whole lot higher, and we have seen uh, it's it's almost like they want to control the way that we think about different subjects, and uh, it um, I, I I can't listen to those things. I have to turn my brain off, which some people probably say, well, that's probably the best thing in the world you've ever done. But it, it, it does. Uh, um, and, and we live in a, in a country that it, uh, politics has always been open-minded. And we're not seeing that anymore. And when we've got a person who is supposedly the spokesman for uh, the medical industry as far as what's going on in this particular virus um, I don't think it's flexible enough for the the people who are listening and taking all of that in and we need to reach out more to our own people that we 
have a lot of trust in our own uh, positions and things like that. It, it, it brings a whole lot more of a trust factor in than when you see things coming out of Washington telling me what all's going on with a particular virus that, be perfectly honest with you, I, I had very little uh, belief in a lot of the things that were being said at the time. I think that's true, Truman. I think that, um, you know, any time now something that comes out, one of the things we learn shortly afterwards is, well, that spokesman or that doctor or that scientist works for this company or has mm -hmm. stock in that company or has patents in this thing, and uh, th that undermines credibility. Yeah. And w w the more that you personally benefit from a certain course of action, the less credible you are in directing that course of action. And, you, and that's one of the things that we see now in so many things in life is that, you know, somebody will recommend something, you find out, oh, well, they have a patent in that, or mm -hmm. they, they own a company that does that, or whatever it is. And, and realizing that, you know, that there are reasons that are objective scientific reasons to approach diseases, and, and those views can differ between doctors. They always have. And, you know, there, there are some doctors that, you know, for instance, uh, believe that uh, you could actually treat appendicitis with just antibiotics. And there were doctors who said that absolutely is wrong. The only thing you can do is operate. Yeah. And, you know, and I think we've found out over time there's some of both of those are true. But it, it's, it's, it takes time to learn that. And we have to be open to new evidence and not be fixated on a view that just because that's the way we always did it, that's the way we always should do it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that takes time. The human body is so different from individual to individual. Right. And that's one of the things that makes it so complicated, isn't it? But it, it is. And it's, it's, I think that understanding what normal health is and what normal processes exist in the body help you to understand what it can be abnormal. Yeah. And there's a wide spectrum of, of how we respond to abnormal. And then sometimes there's these individual things, like, um, like with the COVID-19, where you'll have somebody who is 30 years old and pretty healthy from the outside get very sick and die. Yeah. It does happen. And we, we don't really know why. And it, we can describe it. We see it. We know it's a fact. But we don't understand why. And Unfortunately, the COVID, um, it drives the, the value of the dollar a whole lot higher, doesn't it? It, it seems like that there's always someone or some company that jumps in that they, they can see uh, uh, a, a large uh, island that they're going to own in another two or three years or four years. It just goes through the roof. 
and money seems to control have you ever seen a time when when money controls every aspect of your life and it drives it even upward every day i've seen that we're paying athletes right now an unbelievable amount of money 15 million dollars 25 million dollars a year depends on which sport and then they're the ones that are the spokesman for certain things that are going on which most of them are are not qualified for those particular statements and it the world is so crazy right now and i you're one of those people that i have all i've seen you over all these years and what you believe in is all your patients and what you can do for them and you grew up in a time your your dad was a doctor and uh it seems to be passed on uh at least down here in in the rural countries and the in the in the small cities that it's still uh going on we we still see that but in the larger cities it seems like everything gets out of control uh television came and pretty much ruined all sports for me because uh people don't have that close knit touch with what's going on in their community and in it seems like the larger we get the the further we get away from uh dealing with people in a way that we should be able to well it's difficult because you know i believe that people should be able to spend whatever they want on something they want if they can afford it. Yeah. And that includes if a football team wants to pay somebody twenty million dollars, uh, I don't really think there should be a rule against that. Yeah. I mean. They couldn't do it if it wasn't for television. Right. And, yeah. Well, endorsements and advertising yeah. and all that. Yeah. And yeah, but it's it's something that it when you go to the store on a smaller scale, and if you want to spend money on anything you happen to like mm-hmm. you don't want somebody to say no you can only buy no. oatmeal no i mean you know all we're just going to let people get a one box of oatmeal a week and that's it you know that one of the great things about america that has has made america so prosperous and flourish is that the variety of things that are available because of capitalism yeah i mean you know if if people want to watch somebody you know playing poker or pool or baseball they can watch anything they want on tv because everything is there i mean you can sit there all day and watch people play uh pool mm-hmm. uh, or gambling or playing basketball or baseball and it's nice to be able to choose what you want to watch yeah and and have that and in healthcare you know we were basically limited a little more than that because thank goodness we have the FDA that says you know we're not going to let things go on the market that don't prove that they work mm-hmm. and that's good because you know back in in the older days uh in the 1800s early 1900s uh everybody had a tonic for everything and most of them just had opium in it uh opium or cocaine yeah 
And that was just the, and you know, when you take opium or cocaine, you kind of feel better, I think, no matter what's wrong. But then you become addicted. What was that medicine that had uh, all those in it? Um, well, there was one that they used for colic that was called paragoric. This one was strictly for pain. Yeah. Um, but well, it, it, was, I, it was back in the 1800s. It was an opiate. Yeah. It was opium or a derivative of it because that's one of the older pain medicines in existence. Yeah. But it has this bad side effect of causing addiction. Yeah, and of course it's running rampant here in the United yeah. States. Oh, now. yeah, it is. And, and, you know, and part of that is really in the medical industry's fault. I mean, you know, as one of the things that we can do better than anything else is relieve pain. Yeah. And when people come in with pain, we want to make them feel better because that's what we do as doctors. And I think, you know, the problem with that has been we didn't recognize the seriousness of uh, long-term opiate prescriptions. And now we know that the longer you take a pain pill, the greater the risk of becoming addicted is. And the harder it is to stop it. Um, well, well, you know, the snow helps a lot. Because if you notice, I've got a friend that sent, sent, sent me a text. And it was a tree that she called her uh, cardinal tree. And it looked like a uh, cedar to me. But anyway, with the snow out and everything, you're sitting there smiling at me, but I'm telling you the truth. Uh, I'm not worried, you, sure where this is going. <laughs> you, no, 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 I'm telling you, we don't observe the things that really matter uh, in this life. And uh, this tree was full of cardinals, red birds, right. and all over. It. And and if you look at the beauty of that, and and, the, and if you look up into the uh, sky and and see the planets as they move around and and how they illuminate the sky for us, a lot of times we don't observe things even going on with our friends. I mean, it seems like the, the, our minds are so occupied with just trivial things all the time that we don't really see what's going on. Well, I think that's true. And, and that happens even more if you're addicted. Because if you become addicted to any chemical, any substance, whether it's alcohol or or codeine, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. your primary concern in life becomes acquiring the next fix. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're not worried about your friends. You're not worried about the intrinsic beauty of nature or anything interesting. You're focused totally on your addiction. And an addiction is has damaged our country so badly. Yeah. And, you know, it, we've... We know that uh, cigarettes and nicotine from cigarettes is very addicting. We know that marijuana has frequently been called a gateway drug yeah. to open it up for other drugs in people's lives. Uh, we know that pain medicines that have been prescribed by doctors have frequently been the cause of getting into this addictive pathway. Um, I mean, doctors are not all innocent in this, but we. We were basically taught in the 90s that, you know, uh, 
through the medical societies that pain was what was called the fifth vital sign. And it, it taught a lot of doctors to always check pain because if people were having pain, that's something you could help them with. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out that what we did to help actually hurt a lot of people. And realizing that some pain is not bad. We don't have to treat everybody's pain to the point that it's totally gone. Because the the fact is, is that some pain is not treatable. Pain of arthritis is very difficult to treat. Um, you know, lots of pains that are part of... Uh, part of our body for years and years you know we have pain yeah and and learning how to do things that like exercise you know exercise helps pain uh, if you can move and do, you get out and go just a little bit that that's a big pain reliever especially if you work out hard the endorphins kick yeah. in and it's amazing where how pain will go away for a while yeah, and it's not that it's gone forever, yeah. but you know, it's uh, it's something that I think we just have to face that uh, in the human condition, we're going to have pain. Yeah. And it, it we, the goal is to relieve intractable pain. People who have um, advanced cancers, people who have things that are uh, so intense that there really can be no peace. Uh, that without pain medicine. But usually what happens is when you get into that kind of diagnosis, you're you're in a terminal situation. Yeah. And you're dealing with pain that uh, you're never going to get over and the medicine itself might be the cause of your death and understanding that. And it's tough. It's, yeah. it's tough. But you're ready to go at that time. Why does arthritis seem to affect the joints so heavily? Well, arthritis is a, it's an inflammatory degenerative process. The most common type of arthritis is what's called osteoarthritis. Mm-hmm. And it, it's age-related. Now, we know that you can develop arthritis just by overuse of joints. And you can see that in... Uh, football players that you know they start out in junior high and by the time they're 40 their knees are shot thank you very much you know yeah yeah and we know that overuse can destroy joints but also people who just live a normal life they tend to get the same kinds of things but a little later in life maybe when they're 70 or 80 they end up with a joint replacement uh, we have been able to do incredible things with orthopedic surgery and repairing or replacing joints. And, and it's been a big help to a lot of people. Um, but you know, it's a normal process of aging. And whether it's in your spine or your hips, uh, knees, feet, hands. Uh, you know, I, I have a patient who is... A professional piano player. She's oh, wow. a beautiful piano player, and but her hands have such terrible osteoarthritis that now she's about 60, and she can barely play anything. That's sad. Yeah. Because that's that's a person's life. Yeah, it is sad. It is sad. But it it's it's it shows that all joints 
uh, can wear out. Yeah. And and when they wear out, they wear out by showing arthritis. And arthritis causes pain. Is that why I could never get you to run with me when we were yeah, I didn't over want to at the SO? <laughs> Your joints are just fine yeah. and mine are all falling apart. Well, I like to walk with you. We did go walking quite a bit. Yeah, we did. In fact, uh, we would walk, what, four or five miles over yeah. there around where the jail was. Right. That was good. That was Pe good. People need to get out more, don't they? Yeah, I think it's, it's good for you to do what you can to stay active. It, it helps your joints work better. It helps your heart work better. Helps your frame of mind. You know, it it's good for you overall. You just gave us the last good word. There you. Well, what time is it? Oh yeah, we're past our time. Uh oh. Um, what you got going on now? You, well, just uh, regular I, I, day. I think regular I saw day. you over at the airport. Weren't you buying a ticket to New Zealand? New Zealand. I think yeah. that's where <laughs> I, I saw you. No. I, I don't think so. I think that I'm going to... They need a great physician over there. Yeah. It could. What about if you take all of your patients to New Zealand and we'll move there in, in, in that little small, How, tiny island? A commune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that right now I'm probably going to stick it out here. Yeah, might as well since we're yeah. here. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. And thank, thank you for, you for being me. such a good friend, and thank you for taking care of, of the people in our community. Well, I love it, and thank you for having me, Truman. Always you glad. Stay safe. You too. Okay. All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.